Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. This midweek episode, a lot of focus on the CFL with some baseball and hockey mixed in. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Um, like I said, coming up on the show today, we are going to go in on the Canadian Football League. I'm going to vent my frustrations about uh, what was one of the most popular teams in the league. Uh, we got a couple quick hitters on baseball and on the world of hockey. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, like, leave a comment. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. Uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. I'm on Sportsnet 960, the fan today, uh, from 1 to 3. That's going to be today, tomorrow, and Friday, and then Monday and Tuesday. This weekend, I'm going to be in Edmonton at the Pint on White as Game Over is taking over Edmonton uh, for the Heritage Classic. It's going to be myself, Audie, the we representing Game Over Calgary, uh, and the Game Over Edmonton crew are going to be there as well. Uh, we are going to be breaking down everything we see from the Heritage Classic, which is turning into quite the matchup of two teams who desperately need a win. So get your tickets free right now. I've posted it on Facebook, posted it on Instagram, posted it on Twitter as well. So uh, a lot of opportunities to, to come out and see us live for free and watch a, 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 a live streaming of Game Over. Um, with uh, Calgary and Edmonton coming together. Uh, I believe that's it for the shilling I have going on. Let's get into the CFL Power Rankings. Okay, we begin at nine with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I was going to make this rant its own segment, but I just, I can't. This is... It is completely embarrassing what this franchise has turned into. Saskatchewan has been gifted, like the people running this organization have been gifted with what was, and I do say was, one of the most passionate fan bases in all of sports. The Riders were only outsold merchandise-wise by like the Leafs and the Habs in all of Canada for years and years and years. That this was an organization that could just, anything they want, Fantuse Flakes, give them to me. Rider-themed, um, what was it? Uh, windshield washer fluid. Had to have it. Antifreeze, Give it to me. I was going to say inject it into my veins. That would be lethal. Don't do that. Um, Dario's. I have the box here. All Dressler chips. You want it? We'll take them. Anything Riders, you could not keep on the shelf. This is a fan base that loved this team. Loves this team with a passion that any other sports franchise in the world would be jealous of. And they have absolutely thrown it all away. Uh, not all of it away. There, There is still a, a hardcore fan base. This isn't a group that's getting 5,000 people out there, 100%. But this organization has taken that fan base for granted basically for the last, like, 10, 15 years. Uh, 15 years might be a bit of a... For the last 10 years. Basically since they won that Grey Cup back at, in Regina in, in 2013, this team felt like that was their opportunity to do whatever they want. It feels like, you know that crack that we would always hear as Ryder fans where, oh, well, of course everyone's passionate about the Riders. What else are they going to do? That feels like not just a joke now. That feels like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders business plan because they have, it feels like, done nothing for the consumer Basically, since they built that stadium, ticket prices have gone up despite gestures aggressively at the world around us. 
the product on the field has been so bad. Um, fan favorite players have been shipped out of town unceremoniously. And look, like you, you have to make tough decisions in sports. That sort of thing is going to happen every now and then. But as a Ryder fan, what do you have to hang your hat on right now with this team? Well, I mean, there's a guy who played on the team that we really liked who's the GM right now, so... That's cool. Like, I don't know, like, I have a blank rider jersey right now. I don't know who I'm getting a, a jersey name on there for. It has been... It has been really, really difficult to watch what this franchise has turned into since 2013 when they go on that run, win the Grey Cup at home. Um, it, it feels like they use that as a license to just put their feet up and be like... <laughs> We got these suckers. They're going to do anything we want now. The team on the field has been dog shit. Prices at the stadium continue to go up. I know for a fact there are people who have had season tickets for about 40 years who just gave them up because they couldn't afford to go watch a shitty team anymore. It has gotten quite bad in Saskatchewan. They have somehow managed to screw up the unscrew upable in Regina. I, I didn't think it was possible. And you know what? The, the even more unfortunate thing is they're probably going to turn a profit this year and they're going to think it's fine. Um, but this team could be doing so much more with the resources they have, with the fan base and the passion that they have managed to piss away. You can get that back pretty quickly out in Saskatchewan. But this isn't 2000 anymore. This isn't even a 2007 anymore. The whole, well, what else are they going to do? I don't know, man. The internet's pretty fucking sweet at this point. I can stay home. I stayed home for two years, doing basically nothing. We found out, you know, like there's a billion awesome shows on Netflix. You can watch any hockey game happening in the world at any time where anyone's being paid to play the sport. You can watch it online, just like that. Right now, I could do it this second. Put it, put it up on a stream. I'd get a thousand pop-ups, but that's beside the point. You are not just competing with live entertainment there. Also, people are willing to travel for live entertainment now. It, it, uh, driving to, to Calgary to, to see a concert isn't a big thing for a lot of people. I know a number of people who do it. You are not just the only show in town. You might be the only live sport in town, but people are going out of their way to find other entertainment venues because we had to for a couple of years during the pandemic. And the smart sports organizations understand that. I give shit to the Blue Jays for how they have run things um, on the, the baseball side, but from a, a game ops standpoint, you look at the changes they've made to the Rogers Center and turning it into a party. Um, the, the riders, I think, kind of wanted that with Pill Country, but even that has been priced out for anyone who would actually be able to, to enjoy it. This has been such a poorly managed team, just with the basis of, well, we're in the fabric of this community. Well, right now, it feels more like a stain that people are trying to get out, and a lot of people are getting it out with other options like what's on TV, Netflix, um, movies are pretty sweet these days. There's a lot of different ways to, to bring in entertainment. Just being the Saskatchewan Rough Riders isn't good enough. And these Saskatchewan Rough Riders specifically are not good enough to warrant the type of entitled atmosphere that this organization has put together. This team, for the second year in a row, goes into an offseason where I don't know if there's one aspect of them where I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? Don't touch that in free agency. They got this thing locked down. A failure. 
a complete failure for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders across the board for the second year in a row, and they've learned nothing from it. Was Craig Dickinson a phenomenal coach? No. Should he be re-signed by the Riders? Probably not. But to even remotely suggest that he is the biggest problem in Saskatchewan is, it's not even whistling past the graveyard at this point. It is whistling while someone buries you in the graveyard. Saskatchewan had the golden goose for so long and they are now just stomping on the eggs all over the place. It has been abysmal in Saskatchewan, and like, honestly and truly, everyone involved in the organization should 100% be embarrassed with what they have allowed this organization to turn into when they have every resource at their disposal to be the exact opposite of what they have been. So the riders are at nine. Um, Ottawa is at eight. Again, they have something they can build around, I, I think, out in Ottawa this year. Um, I'll be interested to see their offseason and, and what kind of moves they make. I would imagine a coaching change is coming. Um, and I, I, I think that this is going to be a, a really, really fascinating team going forward. Edmonton at seven. I, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with next year with Trey Ford as quarterback a full year of that. Now, Teams have some game film on him now. They're going to try to understand what to do and try to, to limit that. We will see what adjustments he makes going into next year. At six is Calgary. Look, I, I'm shitting on the Riders. Those are two big wins that Calgary got. The one against Saskatchewan, I don't think they deserved. The one against BC, full marks, 100%. You had a chance to put Saskatchewan away, or at least put the pressure on Saskatchewan, and you did it. So that that is a, a big win that deserves kudos. At five, it's Hamilton. They seem to be peaking at the right time. This is a Ticats team. That, that, that East semifinal is going to be a really interesting matchup because at four, it's Montreal. I know some people are putting them at three over BC after another loss uh, against Calgary, and they've kind of stumbled down the stretch. I'm not quite there yet with Montreal, but this is a good football team that is going to, to make Toronto work if they do happen to get to the East final. And then the top three is the same it's been all year. Um, BC at three, that is a tough loss against Calgary, a chance to put some pressure on Winnipeg for uh, top spot in the, the West and that home field advantage. They, it's been just too many big losses here down the stretch for, for BC to consider moving them up. Going to be an interesting West final though. At two, it is Winnipeg. Um, they've just come out and got the job done for the last little while. And then at one, continues to be the Toronto Argonauts. They are the gold standard right now in the Canadian Football League in terms of the on-field product. So with a bit of a rant included, those are your CFL power rankings going into the last week of the regular season. And then there were two. We all knew it was going to come down to this at the start of the regular season. We were all just killing time, really, until the Texas Rangers faced the Arizona Diamondbacks in the Fall Classic. It's an all-time weird World Series, for sure. Like, you think of just random World Serieses, you know, with all due respect to, to both franchises, but it, it's like the, the, um, the, the Royals and the Mets in 2015, where you got to this World Series and you were like... All right, well, one of them's going to be a champion. Uh, didn't see that coming, but here we are. Um, I, I think of other ones, kind of like the, the, not so much the Giants and the Angels, because the Giants had Barry Bonds, um, and the Angels were a, a pr pretty solid team around that time. Um, but it, it's kind of similar to when the Diamondbacks made it to the World Series in 2001, where it's like, man, this is, this team might actually do it. 
it's it's pretty fun, and it's a really cool story with what Arizona has been able to do. Um, and Blue Jays fans are forever going to be cursing that Moreno Guriel for Varsho trade. Varsho was fine, but Guriel and Moreno did literally everything the Blue Jays were missing in their I don't even want to call it a postseason run in their postseason stumble against the Twins in the American League Wild Card series. They have done it with timely hitting. They have done it with some very strong pitching. Um, after the first couple of games in this series and to get absolutely smacked around the way they did in those first two games against Philadelphia and to be able to come back and still pick up wins and still win this series that is really really impressive stuff going forward for for them uh Cattell Marte has graduated into superstar status with what he has done in this National League Championship Series and it wasn't just that they got their asses beat in those first couple of games it was with their two big-time pitchers going out there and just getting the fuck kicked out of them. And they came out and picked up um, four wins in the next five games. Really impressive stuff. Uh, going up against the Rangers team right now that obviously feels like they are untouchable. This is going to be such a fun series. It's kind of similar to how the National League um, Championship Series stacked up, where these two teams have two, each have two starting pitchers who you feel very confident with, and then the rest is just kind of shoulder shrug. Um, it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch this World Series. I, I don't think it's going to be a ratings bonanza, but th this is going to be a really interesting World Series, and one of these teams is going to, to win it. Either the, the Diamondbacks, who haven't won the World Series now in 22 years, or the Rangers, who came so close a couple of times, um, do they finally get over the hump with this, um, with this group? It's going to be very fascinating to see that. All right, let's uh, wrap some things up at the Flames. If you want my full breakdown of what happened last night, uh, I was on Game Over Calgary. That is available on the SDPN Sports YouTube channel, as well as the Game Over podcast um, feed right now. So go check that out. But this was an embarrassing loss for the Flames. Um, there's just no fight. that This team feels defeated already. Eight games into the season, it feels deflated. It feels broken. It feels like... What happened last year, and I have been saying this for a bit, what happened with this team, and Daryl Sutter specifically, is going to set this franchise back years and years and years. It feels right now, and th this is 100% overreaction theater. I, I will grant you that 1,000% that this is all overreaction. But what is going on with this team feels terminal. You know, like it, it feels like this group is broken, and I don't know if you can fix it, um, because they, they, like, realistically have not faced enough adversity for it to look this bad already, um, a couple of bad games to close a road trip should not lead to what we saw the other night, there was no fight, there was no battle, there was no, all right, guys, we got this, and it, it didn't feel like game eight of the season, it felt like game 90 of last year, and that's a big problem for a team that has been trying to turn it around, and, the, this Hannafin, I said this on Game Over last night, this Hannafin-Lindholm discussion is really interesting because those are two players who you absolutely want in your hockey team. Those are two guys who can help affect winning. But where is this group going? Like, where where is the improvement coming from that you think, okay, yeah, that this is a team that's going to be a winner here? I don't see it. I, I, re I genuinely don't see it at this point. I, I think you absolutely have to try to blow this thing up. And it's going to be difficult given the, the contracts that you have on the books, but it, it's not like those guys 
not like those guys are, are keeping you <laughs> from losing games anyway, right? So I at this point, it doesn't feel fixable to me. Uh, it feels like you have to try to start over as best as you can with this group. We know that's not going to happen. We 100% know that's not going to happen, but it kind of feels like it probably should. Uh, all right, let's close today's show with today's ticket. Trying to bounce back after a bit of a rough one yesterday. Let's go with today's ticket. We'll start with the only hockey game on the ice. New Jersey Devils taking on the Washington Capitals. I like the Devils minus one and a half. Washington doesn't feel like a good football or a good hockey team or football team. Uh, the Devils do. I like New Jersey minus a goal and a half. Oklahoma City, I have them winning straight up against Chicago. I am stunned. OKC is a dog taking on Chicago tonight. It feels like free money. I don't know what I'm missing there. I feel like a lot is going early in the season into, um, I, I just feel like some of these numbers are way off. So we, we will see. Um, Cleveland minus one going into Brooklyn for the home opener, I guess, but Gr Brooklyn doesn't feel like a home court advantage that should give Cleveland a lot of problems. So I, I think Cleveland wins this one pretty handily. Um, Atlanta taking on Charlotte. I got the, the Hawks minus three and a half. That seems way too close to me. I, I think Atlanta blows Charlotte out of the water. And um, Indiana taking on the Washington Wizards. We think Indiana is going to be improved and we think Washington is going to be the worst team in the NBA. So I have to take this one minus four and a half. So it, all of these feel like they're baiting me into something. So we'll see what happens going into uh, night three of the NBA season, but that's going to do it. Thank you all so much. Again, um, in a couple of hours, I'm going to be on, I need to go. I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960, the fan, um, coming up. Um, that's today from one to three, uh, Thursday as well. Same thing for Friday and then next Monday and Tuesday again, Heritage Classic in Edmonton. Game Over Calgary is going to be there with the Game Over Edmonton folks as we break everything down live from the pint on white. Check us out. Um, tickets are available now. They are free. So come say hi. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in and I will talk to you all later.